Good morning. Oh, oh, hey, if you can just give me a minute. Um, oh, I, somebody just friended me on Facebook, and I want to accept that. Oh, yeah, and I remember there was this other one. Um, this person I saw yesterday did not say hello to me, so you know what that means? Unfriend. No need. No need to have be in relationship with people that can't even smile at you, you know? So today we're looking at um, how are we going to connect with one another. And we live in an age when relationships are being defined by the hundreds or even thousands of friends one has on social media. I just looked this morning for fun of it. I have 176 friends. Now, I know I am very much in contact with each one. Um, In 2004, Facebook began with a mission to give people the power to share and make the world a more open and connected place. According to research in the past 10 years, people are reporting feeling more socially isolated and having fewer people to discuss vitally important personal matters. Research is also showing that people feel the need to present their best selves online, giving the world the appearance that everything is okay, that they are happy. I mean, how many people post a picture of them in tears or in great grief but instead you see these happy pictures. Social media also presents a platform to know what another person is doing that feels intimate and familiar. However, feeling emotionally intimate is not the same as being emotionally intimate, nor is feeling familiar the same as being familiar. It's kind of like going through someone's medicine cabinet. You gain a lot of information, some which is private. Uh, (laughs) And I think it's because we all want to be known. And sometimes social media presents a platform for people to put information out there to know if they're going to be accepted. And yet we know that it removes the experience of purposeful revelation that requires vulnerability in the telling and empathy in the receiving. Let me say that again. That the experience of purposeful revelation that requires vulnerability in the telling and empathy in the receiving. Because isn't that what relationships are? To be able to share with one another at a deeper level and to be able to see and re- for, for empathy on the other end of that, that connection. So don't worry, those of you that are on Facebook or not on Facebook, the sermon today is not about social media. Um, or the negatives, because some of you will tell me great connections that you've made on social media. But instead, we're really going to look within ourselves 
to determine what are those personal barriers that we might encounter within our own relationships or relationships that God is calling us to. So today we're going to take a look at the scripture, John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, found on page 877 in your Bible. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you and we give you praise. We thank you, Father, that your desire for us is to receive the love that you have for us and to be able to give that love. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask for you to bring to mind today those areas within our own lives, those barriers that we have, that you will speak to us about that, that you will empower us to bind those barriers. And Lord, may your words be spoken today. We ask for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. So the scripture reads, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A simple passage, very simple passage. And Jesus is very clear. He doesn't suggest it, right? He says, a new command I give you. So this is really important. And it's very clear in that passage that it is both about giving and receiving. Jesus said, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And yet we know that love can be a very difficult place. And what is love? We see love described in a very familiar passage in 1 Corinthians 13. Kind of tells us what love is and what love isn't. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You got that down? Everybody's doing that, right? I also came across an interesting definition of love recently that I really liked, and I thought, this is good. Um, That love is a deep personal attachment that includes loyalty, goodwill, devotion, and responsibility. A deep personal attachment. An attachment is really crucial. We have we know through research that we t- that research shows that attachment from the very beginning of birth to one's nurturing figure to their mother or to whomever is so crucial in one's development. And I think that as we continue to grow as disciples of Christ that it's through relationships, through that attachment that we continue to grow. You know, God does that refining process with us 
in relationships. You know, I often say life is really easy when I'm all by myself. You add people and it becomes really difficult because people show us, reveal to us places within ourselves that are kind of yucky. And it forces us to move outside of who we are to be able to continue to grow in who God calls us to be. We know that humans have those basic needs to be loved and to be accepted. Basic human needs. And yet, within relationships, we constantly ask that question. Do you love me? Do you accept me? And I think sometimes those human needs are the exact things that keep us from engaging in relationships because we become fearful of wondering if people are going to love and accept us. So I'm, I'm not going to have you text me this morning, even though I do have my phone, and if somebody wants to friend me, that would be all right. Kidding. But I, I, I like to be a little interactive with you all. So when you think about barriers to relationships, what stands in the way? Throw some things out at me. Fear, misunderstanding, pride, time, difference. Is that it? Sorry. Vulnerability from the peanut gallery. Attitude. Yep. Yep. Good. So we do. Fear becomes a place. Because when you think about vulnerability, that becomes an area where we, again, wonder, will will I be loved? Will I be accepted? If I'm different, will I be loved? Will I be accepted? And so one of our biggest fears is that that of being known. You know, so I think about, you know, that, that analogy on, uh, of using Facebook and kind of going through someone's medicine cabinet that, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I get to peek into somebody's world or someone gets to peek into my world, and yet will they, will they like me? I read some interesting research as I was preparing for this um, in relationship to college-age students and before they really engage in relationships with people, they often go through every social media outlet about a person, that they look at their Facebook, they look at their Twitter accounts. And, you know, and I have experienced that as I have sat with people. They'll come in and give me a whole profile of someone that they're interested in. I recently, <laughs> my, my stepdaughter recently started dating a new guy, And he told us after we met him that his sister had gone through my stepdaughter's entire Facebook profile to check her out to see if she was okay or not. You know, so there's kind of this Facebook stalking that goes on that you try to gather all this information rather than really sitting with someone to learn who this person really is. And so... Are we able to really be who we are in Christ in relationships and to be able to be secure in who we are in Christ regardless of 
our differences, regardless of our past wounds, are we willing to open ourselves up to be who God created us to be in relationships? I think there's also those places of of past hurts or misunderstandings in relationships that cause us to have barriers. And again, it kind of goes back to those places of disappointment. Uh, I recently had a conversation with someone who I know has a great friend support network in real life, not just on Facebook, and, um, and was just struggling with something, nothing major, and I just said, besides me, who have you talked to about this? And she like went, oh, nobody. I said, why not? You have all these friends. She goes, you're right. I'm afraid people are going to disappoint me, though. If I reach out, they're going to disappoint me. Maybe they won't be there when I need them. And I went, oh, man. And I thought about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I thought, boy, he knows disappointment, doesn't he? Hey, best friends, I'm going to leave you right here and you pray for me. And what happens? He comes back. They're sleeping. Man, disappointment. And yet he continued to love them. He continued, he actually gave them a lot of chances. Um, (laughs) And yet, even though in the midst of disappointment, he maintained a relationship. And I think sometimes in our day and age that we can just click and say, you're no longer my friend anymore. Rather than really walking through that disappointment walking through any misunderstandings to really be able to come together and to really love one another through some of those hurts and disappointments. Now, one of you all said time is a barrier to relationships. Yeah, can be. And yet I sometimes wonder what are the distractions that we have in life that really get in the way of really truly having enough time to be in relationship with one another. Of course, anytime you prepare a sermon, you begin to think about your own life. And I thought, well, I've often said that I just don't have time. I just don't have time. And I began to really look at what are some of the relationships that I want to make time for. And it's amazing when you begin to say, this is important to me, the time does come. Um, But I think it's about creating a place of intentionality to do that. We have friends that live out of town that when they moved out of town, we had said, every month we're going to get together. And then it became every other month. And then all of a sudden three months went by. And so now, I was just with them last weekend, and we, before we leave our time together, we schedule the next time that we're going to get together. And I think, you know, sometimes it's a matter of intentionality, that we've got to create a place of intentionality in our lives. And I think sometimes we tend to, to be fearful in the sense of, Will that person cause me too much grief? You know, that we might want to be known 
but we're afraid maybe this person's going to have too much stuff. And I may not have time for that kind of stuff. And I love the passage in Ephesians 4 2. It says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that bearing with means to endure, put up with, to suffer. I love that, put up with. Because don't we sometimes in relationships just have to put up with the other person? And don't they have to put up with us? I mean, the reality is is that they put up with us as much as we put up with them. Um, but again, we sometimes become very self-focused and, real, and forget that people have to put up with us as much as we put up with them. So that we have to bear with one another. And I really like that, um, that bearing with. And that it also says, you, you know, to be humble and to be gentle. That as we work through misunderstandings, as we work through disappointments, that there is a place of humility and gentleness as we go about doing that with one another. So I want you for a moment to either write down or to think within the last month who were three people that you had meaningful connections with. Meaning that there was a giving and a receiving of love. Not just giving. Some of us are really good at giving, but we don't put ourselves in a a posture of receiving. So what are meaningful connections that you've had in the last month? Who are those people in your world that you would say, yeah, I connected with them? Hopefully you came up with at least one. Maybe three, maybe five, maybe ten. When you look at that list or think about that list, What was required of you to make that connection? Yes, Sue. Be real. Amen, sister. Listen. Time. Paul, no. Be open. Extend yourself. Prioritize. I was going to say, choir, what you got back here. Show up. up. (laughs) Pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So it does require something of us, doesn't it? It requires us bringing our real selves, facing the fear within our own selves to be able to enter into a relationship. To have that willingness to do so. And being able to truly be, to create that time, to create that intentionality to do that. So today is the challenge. We're going to pray about the challenge. Who is God calling you to connect with? To truly love one another. 
They may be different than us. And the reality is, everyone's different than you. Thank God there's not one more Gene Schneider on the face of the earth, right? Or a Drew Smith. But that we all are different. And are we willing to be open and real about who we are and be willing to sit with someone who is different than we are? To really listen. To be able to tell the story and to be able to listen with empathy. You know, relationships are that two-way street. And are we willing to put ourselves into those places? So as we pray today, we're just going to, to ask God to speak to our hearts. We're going to ask him to, to show us if there are other people he wants us to connect with or those that you're already connecting with, is it a true connection? Is it a connection that when we think back to that opening scripture, does the world know that we are disciples of Christ because we are loving in a way in which God loves us? You know, I was thinking about the mission of, of Facebook, you know, that, that power to give people the power to share and make the world a more open and connected place. I like Jesus' mission a little bit better. To love one another as he has loved us that we can love others so that the world will know that we are his. Isn't that a great mission? And if God uses Facebook for you to do that, okay. But, but let's, let's, let's be real. Let's be real with one another. So let's pray. And we're just going to have a little time of, of quiet for you to really listen to God and to have time to record what he might be saying to you. So, Father, we come to you now. And, Lord, we thank you that you, you teach us, that you empower us to be able to love one another. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for that empowerment. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak to each one of our hearts today. Father, who is it that you would have us reach out and connect with to be able to have that true giving and receiving of love between one another? Would you show us, Father, who that might be in our lives today. And so, Lord, we ask that as you bring that person to mind, that you will bind any fear that we might have in becoming our true selves in that relationship. That God, that you would help us to create that time and that willingness to be gentle and humble, bearing with one another in that relationship. We thank you and praise you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.